Mark 1. Conversations at the speed of sound. So I just camped to the Sunshine Coast on an internship and then, you know, being right across the road from where I work, there was no way I was going to miss coming to the museum at some point. So I found a free day, came in, absolutely blown away by the collection here. And, you know, it's really fascinating to see just all the different designs and everything that's going on here, um, together with the really passionate volunteers who run the place. It's, it's been absolutely amazing having a look around. The voice of an aerospace engineer by the name of Royce. Hello and welcome to this final Season 1 episode of Mac one the podcast of the Queensland Air Museum, Caloundra. My name is Gary Hills, I am a QAM volunteer, and I've saved this episode for last to focus on some questions about the place and importance of this aviation museum in the present day and into the future. Back to Royce. As I said, he is a newly graduated aerospace engineer, and he was visiting from Sydney. I got chatting to him as he was looking around our collection, and I was interested in his enthusiastic praise for the museum from the point of view of the inspiration that he derived as an engineer, specialising in design, from simply looking at and contemplating the wide variety of aircraft on display. You'll hear a little bit more from Royce in a moment, and then from two others. Aviation Australia instructor Steve McCann talking about the current state of play in the aerospace field and then from QAM President Bill Trail about his vision for the future of this unique People's Aviation Museum in the context of that burgeoning aerospace field. Firstly, back to Royce for a couple of minutes. So I'm interning as an aerospace engineer at Helimods across the road. So a lot of the work is focused on sort of mechanical design and that side of things. So I think being able to come over and, you know, look at examples of sort of existing designs and things that people have put a lot of thought into is something that's quite inspirational from just an engineering point of view, but also thinking about all the history and all the other decisions that had to go, go in behind the scenes. It was super interesting. And I think the Starship caught your attention it did yeah um not in the least because i did a project on it in my i think second year of uni would have been um so all the sort of major features and all of that groundbreaking uh, sort of um features on on the aircraft something that really stood out to me at the time and then seeing being able to see it in person is something that's really rare i think these days so really appreciated that we, we had to basically pick an aircraft that we found interesting like personally interesting and then basically just go into all the different aspects of its you know aerodynamic structures and all that is a pretty um sort of junior course so it was very broad but just looking at all the things that made that aircraft unique and special um so you know the the starship came up as something that was very revolutionary for its time and you know arguably still is a bit of an icon in that respect so that's what i went with and learned a lot and so being able to see it in the flesh was was really kind of like sealed that little little adventure right up yeah it's interesting to me though that that sounds um like the sort of thing that might apply to anyone who's in engineering design innovation and so on would that be right that there's inspiration to be had from seeing various projects from the past 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the the biggest things about a collection like this is not just saying the you know the physical sort of mechanical aspects, but also thinking about like, like I mentioned earlier, all the decision making that went into it, and you understand sort of the principles that people you know uh, sort of imbued into these aircraft and all those sort of political considerations and all of those just all the context behind an aircraft you can really see it like come through in all the different designs you got here so it's really interesting to think about from that perspective thank you royce thanks for visiting and thanks for that perspective contemplating the wide range of aircraft on display at the queensland air museum and considering the pioneers who are featured in many of the displays, doesn't just inform our understanding of the past. It can inspire us to be a part of aviation in the present and to dream about a role or a contribution to aviation in the future. But what is the current state of play in the aerospace field and how important might an enterprise like the Queensland Air Museum be in that field into the future. I travelled to the Aviation Australia training facility in the Brisbane Airport precinct to speak with instructor Steve McCann to talk about just that. G'day Steve. G'day, how are you doing? I'm very well, thanks for asking and thanks for giving me the time to talk here. I'm, I'm fascinated to explore with you some of the things that might be possibilities and opportunities at the moment because we hear a lot of things coming through the media, mixed messages about the state of the aviation industry in Australia and I know that you've got your finger on the pulse and you've got your finger on the pulse of training as well. So so Steve, tell us uh, what's your background and what do you do at the moment with Aviation Australia? Well, my background is uh, uh, straight out of school. I was in the military, did over a decade there and then went into the private sector and then found my way to... Uh, to aviation and uh, in my mid-30s, so I did an adult apprenticeship. And uh, from there, I, uh, I've, I've been with Aviation Australia now for over 10 years as a, uh, as initially first an apprentice and then um, a homegrown instructor. So I've been here now coming up to 11 years. And Aviation Australia, you were telling me earlier, has a very wide reach across Australia. Where would people find you? Yes, we do. So our, our main base of operations uh, or home port is Brisbane, um, so which is where you are now. So we've got our um, huge facility here in Baronia Road. We have ports, what we call ports up in Cairns, uh, Darwin, Alice Springs, Perth and Melbourne. Now you're an instructor in the line maintenance area in the Certificate 2 program, is that right? So what, what does that involve? What's your role? What do you actually do? Yeah, my... my my position is a program instructor for the CERT 2 and aircraft line maintenance. So in 2016, we, we started this course here at Aviation Australia. We, we had 23 students enrol in that first course. It's done over a two-year period, and uh, the students are basically, I guess the easiest way to describe it is it's like a taster for aircraft maintenance engineering, and including, included in that, sorry, is uh, modules on uh, avionics, um, mechanical and structural so the three trades of our of our trade so that when they finish the cert to an aircraft line maintenance they can make an informed decision about uh, coming into our industry doing the full-time cert 4 course when they finish school so that initial course we had um, initially started with 23 graduated 17 
this year we uh, we have 256 students enrolled in 15 classes over six ports. That is incredible, Steve. No wonder you're busy. Um, now, now this, but that's very good news, isn't it? I mean, that sense there's a sense of energy and uh, and uh, enthusiasm there that we could talk about in a moment. So, if students were interested, they're currently in high school. They might be junior high school students or whatever, and they think this is exactly for me. Where do they go looking to find information about that? Yeah, on to uh, best place to look would be onto our uh, website. So, uh, aviationaustralia.ero, A-E-R-O and uh, click on courses and uh, the dates actually for the 2023 courses are already up. Now I wanted to ask you a slightly uh, allied question but it may not be exactly on that topic and that's to do with the Aerospace Gateway for Schools program. Uh, Do you have involvement with that? I have a a little bit of involvement with it like um, obviously Aerospace Gateway Schools program is located here at Aviation Australia with us and Natalie and Joe do a, a phenomenal job there in engaging with uh, high schools throughout Queensland to introduce them to uh, you know, the aerospace industry. And uh, as, as your listeners uh, would uh, know, that it's, a, uh, it's certainly a growing industry and it's only going to get busier and busier and bigger and bigger. So what things are covered by aerospace? Well, I know that, um, for example, they do a lot of rocketry and uh, and things like that. So they they engage with local companies that that do that, and they um, get them out to the schools. So it's basically to get a, the schools um, that are forward thinking, that are giving their kids you know opportunities in uh, new industries, new with new technologies to uh, think outside the square. It's fantastic. So this is select high schools that have signed up for this program. That's correct. So the to be an aerospace school, all you need to do is uh, liaise with the program, uh, Joe and um, and Nat, and they take it from there. I think from memory there's 22 schools involved. I'm sure they'd love it if there was 122. A lot of young people nowadays, uh, I guess if they're thinking trades, they think along the lines of, you know, mechanic, car mechanic or uh, an electrician or a, a carpenter, that type of thing. And my, my way of engaging with young people is if, if, they, if they think along those lines, then you can work in aviation. You know, we've got way cooler stuff. And ours flies at 35,000 feet. So if you're thinking about being a mechanic, work on a plane, work on a helicopter. If you're thinking about being an electrician, avionics engineer. You know, it's, it's all transferable. Like, if you're that mindset and that way of thinking, a lot of young people only look at planes and go, well, that gets me to my holiday destination. They don't think of what it takes to make it fly and keep it flying. So if we've got students or schools who are interested in exploring that further, the uh, Aerospace Gateway website would probably be a good place to start and connect, as you say, with Nat or Joe and talk about uh, developing that. that. I mean, it sounds so exciting, Steve. Is the aviation industry exciting at the moment is like is are things how are things going well it's well yeah in a nutshell in a word to answer your question yes it is it's uh, i guess a lot of people know of the industry only from what they see on tv or uh read on social media and it's true there haven't been uh, all the planes flying uh certainly commercial and stuff like that at the height of the pandemic um, borders closing and all that type of stuff but now borders are opening and uh, not only domestically but Uh, internationally and even during the pandemic every aircraft registered in Australia uh, if you take that into account roughly only 30% of it is commercial aviation the other 70 is general aviation 
And mm. in that regard, you, general aviation continued to fly through the pandemic. So they continued to fly, they continued to put hours on their frames, hours on their engines, right. they still needed to be serviced, they still needed to be maintained, and the only person that can do that are qualified maintenance engineers. Coming out of the pandemic now, um, we have seen a huge demand. A, uh, huge isn't even a word that I would, you know, I can't even, you know, <laughs> unfathomable demand for apprentices in our industry. And as soon as we're identifying, uh, you know, young people on our Cert 4 courses that are graduating, passing their subjects, looking to graduate, they're getting job offers before they even finish. They're getting job offers a third of the way into their course. You pass your course, there's a job here waiting for you with us. This year we've done the first ever what we call our FAME course. Our technical training manager came up with the concept of uh, FAME, which is Female Aviation Maintenance Engineers. So we now have a class of 20 uh, female uh, Cert 4 students and they're all um, going along now. They're, they started in January so we're about a third of the way into their courses and some of them have already got job offers. Industry received that very, very well. It's effectively going to double the amount of female um, aviation maintenance engineers in, in the Brisbane region. So um, yeah, it's, uh, it's certainly a, a busy time, an exciting time and it basically as long as they pass their courses, any student in a Cert 4 and um, they show the right attitude and aptitude, they're guaranteed an apprenticeship. This We just can't fill apprenticeships at the moment. We don't have enough people. At the Queensland Air Museum, we see ourselves as not only preserving the past mm-hmm. and honouring that and you know allowing people in the present to experience the history of aviation, but to see our role as the future too and to see whether the QAM might in some way be able to partner with whoever it is who's interested, be it Aviation Australia or Aerospace Gateway or whoever it is, or the schools, to uh, provide either a venue or mentorship or inspiration even. You know, there's something about coming into the QAM and touching those aircraft and looking inside them and sitting in, this, mm-hmm. in, in the cockpits that can stimulate and inspire uh, inquiry and learning. And so we would love to think that we could be a part of that too. But good on you for what you're doing. It's so nice to hear positive stories and to hear all the energy uh, of what's going on at the moment. Well, I've been to QAM and a, a couple of times over the years and I've always, I, I, I am a firm believer and anyone that knows me um, will attest to this, that to understand where we're going, you've got to understand where we've come from. So you look back at uh, the first flight, and I, I say this to the kids literally on day one, and that's in 1903, you know, the um, Wright brothers got together and flew, I think it was about 103 feet, you know. I think late last year, Qantas did uh, a flight from South America to Darwin and a repatriation. It was 15,700-odd kilometres. So in in the space of 100 and what's that, 19 years or 118 years, you know, we've come so far as an industry. And, uh, you know, I say to these young people that are considering um, careers in aviation, who's to say that you don't come up with the next big idea for aviation? Just because it hasn't been thought of doesn't mean it's not doable and doesn't mean that your idea isn't good. Speak up and tell us what you're thinking. We never know where the next big idea is coming from. Picture yourself strapped into the pilot seat of an F-111 strike aircraft. Introducing the Queensland Air Museum's ultimate F-111 experience. 
Spend a couple of hours with our guides, RAAF Air Vice Marshal retired David Dunlop and Air Commodore retired Peter Grouder, who will take you through the experience in a clear, easy to understand and highly enjoyable manner. After a mission briefing, you'll be introduced to the aircraft features and controls before strapping into the cockpit to go through your checklist procedures. Bookings are restricted to a maximum of two people in a group, so personal attention is assured. The ultimate F-111 experience. Costs and booking details are available on the Queensland Air Museum website. So, a lot happening in aviation at present. Lots of energy and optimism and many opportunities. And coupled with that, there is a sense of enthusiasm for the future of the Queensland Air Museum and where it might fit into and contribute to those opportunities. Bill Trail is the president of the Queensland Air Museum. Bill has had a long association with aviation gaining his pilot's licence at his own expense as a teenage boy, and then going on after some 22,000 hours of flying to be a check captain with FedEx on Boeing 777s. I got some time with Bill recently to ask him how he sees the developing role of the museum and what dreams he has for its future. All right, thank you very much for talking to me, Bill. It's good to see you. Uh, thanks for having me. Can you tell us how you see the future of this museum, the Queensland Air Museum? Where would it fit into the future story of aerospace, uh, exploration, aviation in the future? I think from what I'm getting feedback-wise from a lot of the students involved with uh, STEM and whatever through their schools, their schools of technology, one of the things that they are telling me that they're very interested, because I've been doing a survey on this and I'll be putting all this data together, they are very, very interested in the lead-ups to and the breakthroughs in technology in aerospace. They themselves are a generation that are going to the they're already pretty close to the edge of space and you know we're going to break through the edge of space out into the universe as the technology increases. And how do you see the museum playing a part in that? Well as far as the museum I mean the, the museum is part of that journey. We have up until recently been pretty well focused on history the early era of aviation and to where we are now. And the museum has been very, very good at capturing a lot of displays in aircraft. And the museum's worked very hard with volunteers to restore aircraft to display, um, you know, for presentation and, and whatever. So where does the museum fit between now and the future? Well, the museum needs to migrate from where it is to the science and technology of the future. I have to say that, and this again caught me totally by surprise, unexpected, 
they are really, really interested in understanding the characters of the pioneers. The Nancy Bird Waltons, the Kingswood Smiths, people like that. They want to understand what drove them to do what they did for their time. They were the groundbreakers. They were the leaders. They were the uh, futurists. They, they were the dreamers. They want to understand their stories. They want to understand their personalities and they want to hear their stories. It is something they are asking for. It is quite, it was quite amazing to hear young people talk about that. Really, the museums of the world now, including us, have to be on the edge of technology. I've heard you talk about seeing the museum, this physical location even, as a hub internationally uh, through technology for conferencing or for education or for research. Is this the kind of thing that you have in mind also? Oh, absolutely. I, I don't have anything else in mind but that. Um, and well, descri- describe how you would see that operating. Let's just give an example. If, if we're talking about um, the edge of space or the universe or where mankind is going with the universe to Mars, because that is the aerospace industry of the future, we're pretty well at the limit of piloted aircraft. This is the last generation now we see of piloted aircraft, be it passenger or be it military. There is all this artificial intelligence that will drive this into the future and the propulsion systems will be hyperdrive type systems. Um, it'll, it'll be systems that will take people from Australia to America in 35 minutes. You know, this is all the future. So I guess the museum needs to have the ability to demonstrate how that happens. What they can touch through through kinesthetics, what can they touch, what can they feel, what can they put their hand out on, and what can, you know, what can, through technologies they can physically touch and it actually reacts and it tells them what it actually does you know i am a solar propulsion unit and you can switch on a virtual power supply and that thing will actually operate in your face Um, and that's the sort of thing that we're talking about so you're talking about interactive experiences for people who come here. What about for people who physically can't attend this site but who might be part of a network of research or development? Well, that's one of the reasons we're looking at uh, the conferencing facility. Um, uh, COVID has taught us how to in-brand, in, in, embrace technology and, and, and use it effectively and the world is not such a big place after all with this technology. We are looking at having a, a theatreette. We are looking at having a, a conferencing centre, a planetarium, um, and that conferencing could be 24-7 conferencing. It could be a centre open to this entire new aerospace park that's going in here where we are actually located. It is a... Uh, it is an aerospace park that's been um, 
looked at now, the designs of it are actually well down the track and by the end of this decade, this park where this museum is will be an aerospace technology park and it will be part of a global system with manufacturing, design, technology, enhancements, whatever. So by having this conferencing facility, people can be actually communicating in real time with counterparts in other parts of the world. So we want to offer that, not just for the museum, but we want to offer that to our partners out there in the aerospace industry. And we want to provide something for them to utilise to their advantage as well. And without giving any way, giving away any uh, confidential conversations at this point, has the museum been talking to other industries and other organisations? In actual fact, as late as just last week, and uh, it's amazing when you go out into the world and have a look at what's happening. And I guess if we in the country, in the, in the country we're in, do not participate, we will get left behind. Um, so I think this is what the Queensland Air Museum can offer industry that other museums aren't doing. And we would want to be the Queensland Air Museum, but we want to be part of a global industry. It's still a not-for-profit organisation, but we want to offer a service through a museum. Somebody who's a, a young child now in 2022 comes into this place in six to ten years' time, as you're talking, 2028, maybe 2030, and they're a teenager, they're being educated, they're considering their future. What, what would you hope that that young person who comes in here in six, eight, ten years' time would experience when they come here? If And I, I've said this to my own grandchildren and their parents, and I say it to everyone... If a young person was to come to this museum, they've understood what it means to dream. They go away, they develop their own dream, and that dream will become a reality if the opportunity arises. Just to wrap up, Bill, I spoke last week with one of the founding members of the QAM, and he was talking about the journey that led, as you say, through all kinds of challenges and hardship to this point. And he was referring to a comment in the visitor's book that he had read, which said, we'll be good when it's finished. It sounds to me like this museum is not finished. This is where it's at. It's another generation's turn to dream. So that's our episode. And that is season one of Mac One the podcast of the Queensland Air Museum, Caloundra. Thank you so much to those who have listened. I know some of you have listened to every single episode and I've appreciated the feedback, the comments, the suggestions along the way. I've appreciated most of all the fact that you have shared and passed on this podcast to others. It's been such an honour to interview and speak with such interesting people and I Hope that uh, you have enjoyed listening to edited versions of their stories. I've kept the episodes to around 30 minutes because, realistically, we don't have unlimited time to listen to these stories. But I've listened for a lot longer than 30 minutes to each person, I can assure you, and it has been an utter privilege. 
Mac One will be back in July of 2022 with Season 2. And I can assure you, you will enjoy the conversations you hear from the people who have already agreed to be lined up to speak and be um, be a part of that. So I'm looking forward to that. I hope you are too. The Queensland Air Museum is not finished, and that is a good thing. And we look forward to being a part of whatever the future may bring. We invite you to be a part of that future too. Come on down and visit us, 7 Pathfinder Drive, Caloundra, right near the Caloundra Airport. We're open from 10am to 4pm every day except Christmas Day and Good Friday. We would love to see you. Come and visit us soon.